Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action helping others and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio. Julie, welcome to today's podcast. <laughs> oh, it's funny how many years we've been doing this show. We still screw up. I still screw up remembering to unmute her. <laughs> all right. So listen, I have a very special show for all of you today. Um, a couple weeks ago, I had an interesting call with Gary Keller, and um, it was just it wasn't a formal call. It wasn't um, a call about. It wasn't on a podcast. It wasn't recorded. It was just two guys talking. Um, we had a conversation that was originally about the thing that was going on with Zillow with the new CEOs and all that, but actually what it turned into was something completely different. While Gary was uh, talking, and I was firmly in learning mode, I was listening and writing down virtually everything that he said, um, and then I learned obviously a lot about the technology that he's creating, and I'm going to explain that to all of you today, what the Keller Williams vision is of the future with real, uh, you know, as it re- relates to realtors in particular. But the other thing I want to share with you are some things that I was really pleasantly surprised about to learn with regards to his view on teams and with his, his view on essentially a lot of the things that are happening in the marketplace with agents in general. And um, what I was, I think, pleasantly surprised to learn was how much his actual vision of what the ideal real estate agents, let's call it team, how much is in alignment with ours, or rather how much maybe our vision is in alignment with his. It doesn't really surprise me. Um, that we had so much in common, but what did surprise me was what his reaction was when I was very, you know, direct with him, asking him why it was that he is sort of allowing some of these faulty business models to perpetuate inside um, Keller Williams. So we're going to talk about that, but I want you to remember this was not a um, recorded call. These are my uh, memories from the call. These were my notes from the call. So it's not necessarily a perfect representation of what he said. So if, you know, someone wants to argue these points, you know, Gary said this, Gary said that, that's fine. I could be wrong in some of the ways I remembered some of the conversation. It's entirely possible. You don't have a conversation with Gary Keller uh, where you're not having to think about it later. <laughs> that's basically what it, you know, we were on the phone for probably half hour, 45 minutes, maybe even an hour. I wasn't paying attention to the, you know, I was in the, uh, the, Gary, uh, the Gary Keller, you know, the, the realm where time doesn't necessarily pass at the same rate as it does for everybody else. And while there, I was um, – he was really – I think the guy's brilliant. There's no doubt. But please keep in mind that I'm not going to uh, placate the Gary Keller fans with what I'm going to talk about. And I'm going to just translate everything that he and I talked about, and it's a clear, easy, to, easy, easily understood tactical and practical manner. So, Julie, welcome to today's podcast. I think you are live yes. now. Bye. Okay, so- good. Yeah. All right. So I'm, you know, I got to be careful doing today's podcast. And the reason is, is because um, I don't want to misrepresent what Gary said to me. So I, that's the reason I actually talked to him maybe a month ago and it was on a Saturday. And um, the real goal here, maybe it's on a Sunday. The real goal here is to let everybody else know 
with somebody who is essentially, arguably, our generation's most successful, most influential real estate leader, what he thinks about the future of real estate. And some of these points, like I said, they're going to shock you. Some of these points are going to, frankly, make a lot of you mad. And some of you are going to accuse me of spinning what he said. And I just want to be very clear that I'm not spinning what he said. I'm, uh, I wrote down what he said as he was saying it. So this is a conversation that is about as unfiltered as it possibly can be without actually having you all listen in while we did it live. Julie, do you think I gave this enough of a disclaimer? <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, we're just keeping it real and keeping it relevant, which is what we always strive to do, and making it meaningful to our listeners so that they know what's going on in the world. I mean, this is very timely. Yeah, I think it is, because there's a lot of hype about a lot of the change that's happening right now in the, in the real estate you know, world. There's a lot of people that are overreacting. Um, and I'm going to start out by saying this one thing. Uh, Julie and I have been big fans of Inman news features for just, just about forever. Um, we go to Inman every day. We have been published on Inman. We have, I don't know, maybe hundreds of articles on Inman, and we're big fans of Inman. Um, I had noticed, and a lot of you had noticed too, that Inman was taking sort of an interesting stance uh, or presumably really drilling down on, you know, doing a lot of stories on Keller Williams that maybe Keller Williams would just assumed not be done. And there was some back and forth between Inman and Keller Williams that, frankly, I thought was unprofessional from both sides because at the end of the day, Inman was just reporting on what uh, Keller Williams was actually doing. There's nobody – the fact that Keller Williams didn't like their maybe some of their dirty laundry being aired publicly is irrelevant. The, re the reality of it was is the stories that were coming out about Keller Williams over the last six months are all important stories that need to be told because it's important for us as normal just boots-on-the-ground real estate professionals to learn from the mistakes that other people make, especially people at the level of the folks that we're talking about now. And it'll help all of us to set aside our own preconceived notions about maybe Inman or maybe about you know Gary Keller or maybe about Keller Williams Realty. Set aside all your preconceived notions and allow yourself to digest the information I'm about to give you because you can learn from it. I did. I mean, literally, I was thinking about this conversation I had with Gary for probably a week after we had it. It was that sort of impactful in the way I kind of – it didn't really change – honestly, it didn't change any of the stances that Julie and I take. It didn't really change any of them at all. What it did is it validated at a, at a very high level everything that we've been saying to all of you on this podcast. Every single – thing that he said was just in perfect alignment, like I said um, when we were waiting for Julie to get back on, was in perfect alignment with what we teach in Premier Coaching. Okay, so I'm going to just jump right into these points, but before I do, Julie, yep. you'd like to shout out, uh, give anyone recognition, because we probably have enough uh, points for two shows easily. Well, uh, Sylvia and Candice uh, from New York City, Douglas Elliman, I just hung up with them, and a shout out to them. They are probably listening right now, very motivated, ready to rumble, and you know, we were talking about what it takes in New York City to make it is absolutely different than what it takes in a lot of the rest of the world, but I know that they're going to do it. So just a special welcome and kudos and shout out to them, because I plan on taking them to the next level. And I, you know how sometimes you get a coaching call and it's like you can kind of gauge with your coaching spider senses if they're serious about moving forward or if they're not? I absolutely believe that these two are serious. So I just had to say hello to them because I just told them they had to be listening to these podcasts all the time. And, uh, of course, all of our other friends at Douglas Elliman out in New York City. So 
that's my two cents. A lot of people are, a lot of people are curious about what the real point of having a coach is. People are confused between coaching and training. Um, and the, yeah, I get it. It is confusing. Most everyone that's out there is training. And by training, I mean what they're doing is they're giving you information. They're disseminating information. When you go to a live event, nine times out of ten, you're going to a training event. And so just uh, what a coach does is a coach drills down on your strengths and makes your, str- your strengths stronger, but also looks for your weaknesses. And when they find those weaknesses, a good coach is then going to have to decide whether or not that is a weakness that makes sense for you to overcome or whether or not your strengths overcome that lacking. In other words, whether your overall strengths to, say, perform at a high level when it comes to going and listening presentations. So if you're really good at listening presentations but you're terrible at, say, you know, negotiating – Maybe the thing that we do that makes the most sense is not waste time trying to get you better at negotiating, but really take you to the next level when it comes to listing presentations or prospecting or proactive lead generation. You guys could get the, the concept here. So what a really good coach is going to do is they're going to drill down. They're going to find out what you are really good at, and they're going to find out what you can be really great at. And then maybe the things that you just suck at, you're just, they're, just not, they're going to help you delegate. They're going to help you hire someone to – you know, facilitate or take care of that particular weakness. Oftentimes, that's the best move to make. So I want you all to be very clear. When it comes to hiring a coach, us or anybody else, our job is to – we personally, Julie and I personally only have a small handful of coaching clients. Our coaching staff and premier coaching, that premier coaching product or the program that we have out right now is probably the best coaching program in the country because of the fact that A, it's so affordable, B, it's so complete, and C, you really do have a daily semi-private coaching call. Now, on that semi-private coaching call, if you attend the call live, you actually do have direct contact with head coach Julie, or on Fridays, it's uh, uh, Coach Rochelle. So you can actually ask questions in real time and have your questions answered. And then we have something else called uh, it's coaching on demand. If you have a coaching question or a question that relates to pretty much anything to do with your real estate business, you can go to coaching on demand 24-7, and enter in your question, and chances are the question is going to be answered. Not just answered, but we're also going to, within the answer, send you uh, to places where you can further that education or further that answer. Like you can go and listen to a replay from a coaching session, or you'll, we'll link you into the website to show you the exact say, you know, form that you are looking for or checklist or, you know, whatever it is. This is the premier coaching. This is the reason why it's the nation's number one coaching program for real estate agents. This is the why, this is why so many agents, thousands of agents are, you know, participating in premier coaching. If you're interested in learning more about premier coaching, it's a very simple step forward for you to take this action. Just text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996. Text the word Harris to 31996. And when you do, we're also going to give you six free books, including Think and Grow Rich for Real Estate and the Real Estate Treasure Map. And you're also going to be entitled to a free coaching call with one of our new member coaches. All right, so I'm going to get back to it. This conversation with Gary Keller happened a couple weeks ago. And these were the 11 points, and I might think of some more as we're talking today and probably tomorrow, uh, what I took away from uh, you know, that, this conversation. So point number one, and this I've heard before, and some of you will uh, – I think this will be an easy thing for everyone to agree on. Uh, real estate, websites, uh, any sort of really websites, period, are pretty much done. In other words, everybody is moving to mobile, right? Everyone's moving to using apps. Everyone's moving away from anything that's desktop. Now, this real surge happened a few years ago, 
But I'll tell you, on, our, on this podcast, for example, it's over 90% of you listen on your mobiles. Hardly anybody listens on a, uh, a desktop. Now, we also have our podcast made into YouTube videos, but still even there, by comparison to what's listening on you know, Stitcher and iTunes, it's, there's no comparison. So it's very fascinating to consider the fact that so many agents and brokerages still invest so much money on uh, version, you know, web version 1.0 websites and not realizing that, okay, yes, your website might be mobile-friendly. I get it. But at the end of the day, does that website even really compare remotely to some of the apps that are being created by like Zillow and by Realtor.com and by some of the new brokerages? So look, this is kind of a, I think, a kind of a silly topic, but the point was is everybody who is still uh, mired in the beliefs that you need to have a fancy IDEX search site and all these other things, you're wrong. Um, and that is the reality of it. Now, what Gary said, which I thought was fascinating, which makes total sense, is that people are going to migrate to using one app. For example, when you are shopping, you've seen this before, I've seen this before. Have you ever seen someone take a picture of a barcode or a product and um, using the Amazon app, because what the Amazon app will do is immediately show how much it's for sale on Amazon, and then that's your one shopping app. So what people have a tendency to do is they gravitate not to having a bunch of, say, for example, shopping apps. They'll have one shopping app, and that shopping app will be their app. That's it. You know, maybe you have one news source, or maybe you have one social site, or you, you get the concept here. So what people have a tendency to do, and I think this is just natural progression towards uh, gravitating towards whatever is the best app in this particular example. But on your mobile phone, you only have one podcasting thing. If it's an Apple phone, you have the podcasting icon. You're not going to probably load another one. Why would you? You guys get the point? So what I understood from Gary was agent sites are dead. Broker sites are dead. Everything's going to be moving towards apps in essence. And if you're not that one dominant app, you're not going to be – essentially, you're not going to win the game. So that is an interesting concept in itself, if you consider that. So if you don't have, and you know, brokerages, think about this. If you don't have the app of choice on the phone, if you don't become, you know, these overused company examples, but if you're not the Netflix on somebody's phone, if you're not the, uh, you know, the uh, the Amazon on somebody's phone, you're not going to be relevant because very quickly you're going to find that that search traffic and thus that commerce is going to move towards the people who have the best apps. I thought that was fascinating. should be, I think, obvious for most people, but it's not. And how do I know it's not? Because how much money is still being sent, spent by agents and brokers building nonsensical agent and broker websites? It's ridiculous. Uh, again, those of you who are just getting your licenses for the first time, if you're actually thinking you need to have a real estate website, I caution you against it. There's been lots of studies that have been done on this. There was an uh, article recently on Inman where they talked about the fact that the um, – most agents get a total number of zero leads from their agent websites. The number was zero. So just keep that in mind before somebody coerces you into spending a lot of money on an unnecessary website. Point number two. Now this goes in line, this is in alignment with point number one, but I thought this was really, you know, essentially this says the whole thing. And it's ironic, the point I'm about to read you was these notes were written before the conversation, I'm sorry, before the new CEO of Keller Williams uh, was interviewed for and where he's I'm sorry for um, uh, Zillow where he was talking about what he sees the vision of Zillow to be and how much 
he isn't really looking forward to having to deal with agents. In essence, was the article. But I'm read you this point. We can we can talk on it a bit. All right. So Gary said, control the first conversation, or someone else will. Makes total sense. Zillow knows this and plans to make agents into mere functionary uh, func- functionaries. So uh, so do the iBuyer companies. And note that uh, the comments by the Zillow CEO, Zillow plans to shift to the iBuyer model. New CEO said that selling buyer leads to agents has never been their mission. Now, that I remember very clearly uh, when Spencer Raskoff, before he became the CEO of Zillow, I would have the occasional conversation with them, and they really didn't ever plan on getting into the selling buyer, buyer leads, you know, selling buyer leads to agents business. That was never their original ver- vision. Their original vision was to, in essence, replace the entire real estate model. That is what they intended to do, but because they had to make money, they got stuck with selling buyer leads to agents. They had then built this huge system, just nothing had ever been done at this scale before, of call centers. And I think there was a call, there are call centers in like five different states where there would just be rooms full of people prospecting agents, selling them buyer leads. A lot of you, all of you have received those calls. Well, the new CEO, if I'm translating this article correctly from this interview, in essence is saying he's getting rid of all those call centers. And what they're going to do is they're going to consolidate uh, all their lead selling activities to just a handful of select brokers around the country. Now, with those, in this part, I'm only, there's a little bit of conjecture, but I'm putting different things together. The cost for those leads is going to skyrocket because what they're going to do is that you're going to have to essentially pay a referral fee, and the referral fee all in is going to leave you with probably less than 30% that you're then going to be able to share with your, at your agents. In other words, they're going to generate the lead. They're going to then cultivate that lead relationship, put that person with a mortgage banker. You know, essentially, the relationship the consumer will have will be with Zillow. You guys getting me here? And then when it comes to that person, that prospective buyer actually wanting to do a transaction, then they're going to refer, quote unquote, that lead to one of their, um, you know, one of their users across the country. They're not going, from what I read, they're not going to be doing business with individual agents anymore through like the premier coaching or premier. agent program, they're going to be migrating towards a program where they're going to have a ha- fewer customers to deal with. This is in essence what he said in, his, in the article, fewer customers to deal with because the churn from agents signing up for, for, for mere agent and then quitting had gotten to be the point where it was unattainable. In other words, they couldn't replace. Churn is something in a recurring revenue business that when you have a bunch of people, like you feel 100 people, and uh, you want to grow every month by 10%, let's say, and but you have you know, 10 people quit, then you're, you have to replace the people that quit and then sell an additional 10 people. You can only do that in a small real estate, you know, with, essentially with dealing with the number of real estate agents there are. You can only do that for so long, and then what's going to happen eventually is you're going to build to a, a certain level, and then the churn from people quitting will outnumber the number of people that you can actually add. So you're going to start losing uh, users, subscribers, because you can't replace them and add at the same time just because it's almost impossible. They tried to beat the churn by adding, uh, you know, just basically overwhelming number of phone calls and prospecting, adding individual agents. And then they decided they couldn't uh, beat the churn, it seems. So what they did is they raised the prices. 
that you all were willing to pay. And then, and then, and then. So moral of the story is what we have done as an industry is we have essentially created what will be a model for um, all future competitors to the existing paradigm. So the reality of it is, is right now, Zillow is in a transformative uh, stage in its, in, in its actual you know, business development. And whatever they come out with next, you can pretty much assume it's going to be executed well because generally speaking, they do very, very well at getting things done and uh, you know, great leadership overall. So what does this mean? Getting back to the point, Gary was saying, and this makes total sense, is that whoever controls the first conversation with that prospective buyer or seller and then basically stays on top of that lead has a high probability of being the person that they remember. So Zillow is going to be the relationship corridor for real estate people or for any you know buyers and sellers in the country. That is obviously their vision. You, as an agent, are merely going to be the person that's standing at the front register and asking if you want fries with that. That is, in essence, what their vision is. And by the way, the iBuyer model, uh, if you're not familiar with that, it's where a seller sells directly. Like, uh, you know, basically, they'll, you guys understand what it is. If not, we've done a lot of podcasts on the iBuyer model. But the essence of it is, is it allows sellers to simply go to a website, put in their address, and then they get an offer on the property. Now, the offer is obviously massively discounted. It's a cash deal. Uh, but just the depending on what market, you're gonna, the seller is going to sell the house for maybe 30% less than they could have if they retailed it. So that's the vision that uh, Zillow is really going to run with. Zillow really wants to double down, triple down on the whole iBuyer concept, and they want to start buying houses. They want to start, obviously, then referring those listings. Well, we can assume at this point they're going to refer the listings off to agents for massive, massive referral fees. Again, agents are going to become, in the Zillow realm, do you want fries with that? That's the way forward based on these interviews. And this, I think anyone who has uh, watched these companies evolve can pretty much surmise that. And one of the uh, iBuyer companies, one of Zillow's iBuyer competitors, actually came out as much as, as, and said essentially he sees realtors as agents as being somewhat irrelevant in the, his worldview of how real estate is going to evolve. Hey, Julie, I'm going to take a little swig of coffee. Any thoughts so far? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, there's tons and tons of pressure, particularly towards the buyer side of the transaction between this and everything that you're talking about. I was just reading something again about New York trying to pass something limiting the, the uh, leasing agents commission, which will cause them to stop uh, co-broking. So the listing agent wins yet again. And all of these things are related. It all points back to making sure that you are in control of your clients, that you're in control of the relationship, that you are first to talk to them. I mean, here's the thing. So far, not a lot from at least what we've been hearing from our uh, coaches and our coaching clients, not many of those sellers are actually taking that discounted offer. But the point is that they're having the conversation and they're calling someone other than you first. So we've got to get in front of that. And I think the pressure is first going to hit the buyer agents before it hits the listing agents. But, you know, you, you can't be blind to these things. It is happening. So, well, yeah, just to be clear, controlling the just first to be conversation. Clear. Just to be clear, none of these visions are 100%, right? So all these guys are all kind of competing for who's going to be at the top of the real estate food chain. None of them are going to be 100% correct. What eventually evolves, and that's what we're going to talk about more tomorrow, it's going to be a hybrid of a lot of the best ofs from all these other uh, ideas. You're not going to see just one idea completely replace the other. For example, people say, you know, they overuse this to the point where it's almost nauseous to talk about it, but how Netflix – beat blockbuster well what netflix really did 
is they just changed the distribution method. And yes, eventually you could argue they put Blockbuster out of, out of business. But look, what was the essence? What was the core product? It was people wanting to consume content, movies, videos, right? So what they're doing is, uh, you know, they changed the distribution method. What we're seeing happen in real estate right now is we're seeing new distribution methods being introduced, but no one knows which one is going to ultimately dominate. Um, and I'll tell you, the one thing that's interesting about, well, it's one of the many things that's very fascinating about studying real estate that always essentially slows down some of the, I, you know, I don't know what word you want to use. The word that popped in my mind was greed, but I was going to say hubris of these tech companies is the fact that you have to be licensed to do a real estate transaction. You have to be licensed in every state to do a real estate transaction. That always slows these companies down. Details, because details. E yeah, details, license. details. Exactly. And, how, and, and I think there's going to be some interesting litigation that's going to evolve very soon. You're really kind of debating whether or not what these iBuyer companies are doing really are activities of a licensee. Like how far ahead of, uh, you know, in front of their skis are these companies going to be allowed to get before they're just going to have to admit that they're brokers? And why don't they want to do that now? Well, the obvious answer is because they'll be high, held to a higher standard and they won't be able to get away with some of the stuff they're doing right now. But that is going to happen. That is the next natural step that's going to happen because they can't – tech companies for some reason have a tendency to be given a longer leash when it comes to laws and things like that than we are. And that doesn't – it's sort of been an interesting thing to, to watch, and it's going to come to an end because they have been a little bit um, – you know, frankly, a lot of the things they've been doing, I think you literally could. If you did, for example, some of the things that some of these companies did as a licensee, you would absolutely have uh, some problems, at least with your local board of realtors, if not whatever your division of real estate was. There's no doubt that's true because you have a license. So we're going to see an interesting turn in the road, a pivot that's going to happen as uh, people get a little bit tired of seeing these uh, companies that are actually brokerages try to act like they're just you know, tech companies that are providing a service for consumers. So we're going to see, again, a lot of changes that are going to happen, I'm guessing, later this year from different rumors I've been hearing. So listen, if you've not yet, text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996. Text the word Harris to 31996. Make sure you do that. And when you do, we're going to give you six free books, including Real Estate Treasure Map and Think and Grow Rich. But we're also going to, uh, you're going to be entitled to a free coaching call with one of our new member coaches. All right, so I have a little bit of time left in this next, and so here's what we're doing. I'm sharing with you now all the points that, all the things I learned from Gary that I thought would be beneficial for all of you to listen to. What I'm going to be talking about tomorrow are some of the things that were a little bit more controversial about what he and I talked about, and there are a couple points that we did not agree on, or rather, I should say it not that way. There are a couple things that he said about his tech future that I was a little, I was a little taken aback. And the reason I was a little taken aback is because there was a little bit of a conflict in what was said publicly versus what's being said, uh, you know, how the actual technology is going to work. So we're going to talk about that. So um, in the time I have remaining, I'm going to give you guys one more point. Point number three. AI will replace most of the tasks that an agent does. You've all heard about AI. We're in, I'm going to sort of summarize that for you in a second so you can have an easy understanding of what it is. AI will control the relationship with the consumer. The question is, uh, you and uh, as an agent must uh, ask, is this inevitable? Yes, it is inevitable. AI is going – I'm answering my own questions. Is it inevitable? Yes. And then the next question you must ask is, whose AI do you personally as a real estate professional want to align with? Because whichever AI you ultimately align with is going to control the relationship, is going to be the boss. All right, so let's talk about this. 
And this was very fascinating. This is where we started getting in the weeds with what Gary was saying, which I thought was this is the stuff that caused me to have to think about it for three or four days, frankly. So the vision that I understood that Gary Keller's um, going to um, this he is creating or created is going to make it so that every single Keller Williams agent on their phone is going to have a customized app, an app that is in essence is a, a, you know a Keller Williams app, but it's going to be personalized to that agent. That AI app, that artificial intelligence app, is then going to have an on, it's going to form an ongoing relationship with anybody that you enter into the system, uh, and it's going, that's going to be tagged to you. But the AI is going to be t- uh, talking with the consumer. The A, oh, you're saying, well, shit, less for me to do. No, you're not understanding. The AI is going to have the relationship. It's, people aren't necessarily going to know it's artificial intelligence they're talking to. Sort of one, version 1.1, 1. 1, uh, 1, I'm sorry, 1.0 of AI would be where you're on Amazon, and it'll, you know, based on your buying, uh, what you're buying, it'll suggest things that you might also like based on what other consumers are doing. That's sort of very basic AI. There's AI uh, going on, and you know, that's essentially starting to dominate a lot of search on Google. A lot of the things, when you start entering in something and you notice that it feels, it knows what you're going to say, or if you put in a search and then you go to the bottom and you see just all these other different versions of that, that is version 1.0 of AI. What AI going forward is going to be, it's literally going to have a, one, a conversation going on with consumers that the consumers will not know is a um, computer. They will not know when they're talking to, like, so you have, as a Keller Williams agent, you will have this, AI, this Keller Williams app on your phone, on, and then you essentially give it to all of your centers of influence and past clients. You give it to everybody. This AI app starts then having conversations with the folks. What is it talking to them about? It's going to offer them CMAs. It's going to offer them um, home maintenance plans. It's going to offer them maybe discounts, definitely discounts on their mortgage because Keller Williams owns a mortgage company. It's going to completely and totally – uh, lead any conversation that happens between that consumer and you. It's going to be in the middle. Now, here's where it gets interesting, and I'm going to leave this with all of you today. Your agents are going to be very seduced by the idea that they have this wonderful you know, free tool that's going to have all these relationships with agents. All these, re- And I get it. I like that. From a consumer's perspective, that's kind of seductive. I would love to have something that was reliable that would maybe like, you know, Gary said he has a vision where if you have a home repair that's needed, you're going to grab your, you know, mobile device, you're going to take a picture of whatever the home repair is that needs to be done. Maybe it's a hanging a picture or whatever it is, and you're going to load it up to the AI app, and then the AI app's automatically then going to go out and shop it to different service providers, and the different service providers are then going to bid. You're going to approve whatever makes the most sense, and then the AI, AI app's going to book it and the whole thing, you know, schedule it. And then afterwards, it's going to, once you approve it, it's going to arrange payment. I love that idea. Conceptually, that's fantastic. All the, you know, everything that he told me that he's going to do with this uh, app was just like, from a consumer's perspective, I loved it. I really did. From an agent's perspective, I hated it. And that's what we're going to talk about tomorrow. Because ultimately, what you have to realize is going to happen. And I don't think, I honestly don't think, I think Gary's right about doing this. But I think he's wrong about what the outcome is going to be for the industry. And that's what we're going to talk about tomorrow. He's right for doing this from a Keller Williams perspective, from the you know probably one of the five most influential people in the real estate industry, from his viewpoint, and from frankly from a consumer's viewpoint, I agree with what he's trying to do. But from an agent's perspective, from an individual practitioner's perspective, all of you who are blindly walking into this you know Keller Williams AI 
app and then you know disseminating it to all of your best customers and all that, thinking that you're going to retain that relationship, you're wrong. You're not. So here's a fun question. Just I'm going to leave this with you today. If you have this app and you've essentially worked your butt off to make sure all your best customers and whatnot have this app on their phones, it's become a real driver for you. You have seen this as being a great tool that differentiates you in the marketplace from all the other real estate agents, right? You decide for whatever reason you don't want to leave Keller Williams. What happens to the relationships with all those people you'd formed on that app? Do those go with you? No, they don't. That re those relationships stay within the system that Keller Williams created with that app. Now, from a consumer's perspective, I want you to think about that. It makes sense to me that that's how it works because I, you already have – the app already knows everything. The app – like so I'll give you another for example, and I thought this was, again, brilliant. How about when you're in a transaction and the app knows what was on the home inspection report? The app has read the home inspection report, the AI rather, and the AI knows what needs to be done to the property. It knows the you know, last time the refrigerator was serviced. It knows the ages of the furnaces. It knows all that stuff. So what if the artificial intelligence app is now managing, essentially as a high-level house manager, all aspects of home ownership? Now, look, if you have a, a property owner of multiple properties, this thing sounds awesome. I mean, I love it. You know, if, you're, if you own a bunch of rental properties, are you kidding me? This is like property manager uh, on crack. I mean, it's the perfect thing that you could ever possibly imagine. But even if from an individual homeowner's perspective, this is a killer idea. But I'm going to go back to what I said a second ago. From an agent's perspective, what I've done is I've given up that relationship. From an agent's perspective, what I've done is I've given up my most valuable asset. So we always told real estate agents, and I'll tell you all this now, so remember I told you this. Always control your phone number, right, on your signs, on your media, on your marketing. Make sure it's a phone number that you control, that you take with you. Because if you're using your broker's phone number and you leave, you know, or they close or something happens and that phone number is no longer in your control, everyone works off their mobile phones nowadays. And if you all of a sudden are not controlling, you know, the phone number that all your customers have and past customers and friends and family, they can't reach you when they try to call or worse yet – they try to call, somebody answers, and that someone answers then basically takes that potential lead. That happens all the time. So we always tell everyone, control your phone number on your signs, on your business cards, on your everything, your phone number that you own that you take with you. All right? Are we very clear on that? Yes, we are. What, and that means that you are portable. That means you have leverage. That means if you leave that brokerage, you take your business with you. But with this vision of this Keller Williams app, you give that up. Right? It's the same type of problem that we've always had with any company like Zillow or any of these other types of companies. You, Mr. Real Estate Agent, are going to lose the relationship. The relationship is the only value your company has. That's it. If you don't have relationships with these folks, where when they think of real estate, they think of many cases when you are successful. When someone thinks of real estate, they think of you. In the vision of the future that Gary Keller seemed to have, based on my interpretation of the conversation I had with him, am I disclaiming that enough? His vision is, is that Keller Williams is going to be what they think of, not the agent. You following me? Zillow's is the same. All these iBuyer companies are the same. They don't want you in the conversation anymore. So when I say AI is the future, there's no doubt that's true. No doubt whatsoever. And when I also say that which AI you align with really matters, 
That's where your brains need to go. That's where your focus needs to go. That's what you need to understand. New agents, you guys don't get this yet because you don't see yourself as having any value, but new agents, it only takes a few years before all of a sudden you become the grizzled veterans. And then if you look back and you say, holy shit, I've been using, I've been giving away all my most valuable information, all the open houses I've done, all the conversations I've had, all the people I've made contact with, I've all given them this app. Now this app has the relationship with these people. This app makes, me, it, makes it so that I can never leave this particular brokerage. From a business perspective, I think that's brilliant. From an agent's perspective, I think that sucks. If, you know, but from a Keller Williams perspective, that's a huge home run, right? Brilliant idea. It's the same type of dependency relationship that Zillow formed with all the agents out there that never learned actually how to do anything other than buy buyer leads over the last 10 years. Same type of dependency. But that's not what we're about. That's not what Julie and I do. Read our book, Harris Rules, you know, number one bestseller on Amazon. Listen to our podcast. We're not all about trying to form dependency-based relationships with you. We're about creating individual business owners who are profit-focused, who, who know their highest and truest purpose on this planet is being of service to others. That's what Julie and I live and breathe. But what's happening with these technology companies, and Keller Williams is a technology company. If you don't believe me, that's what Gary Keller says. What's happening to these technology companies is they, their relevance is in making you irrelevant or making you the person that stands at the front register and says, do you want fries with that? And I want you to think about that. I want you to really consider the ramifications of what I'm saying. I want you also to understand that it's too soon to tell which one of these companies are going to actually, or which one of these concepts or ideas, because what you're seeing is these companies are all sort of chasing the same rabbit, right? They're all kind of pursuing, the iBuyer companies are all kind of doing, their, doing the similar things. They're all kind of copying each other, which makes sense, right? You know, they're, they're all kind of like stealing ideas from each other, and they're all kind of like going to the same markets, and, you know, that's all good. And then eventually what's going to happen is one iBuyer company will buy another, buy another, and then you'll have end up with probably two or three iBuyer companies, and that's the way it'll work. The, you know, these are all the types of things that you guys need to be very acutely aware of. And then what we're going to do tomorrow on the podcast is we're going to drill down, and I'm going to tell you some things I did find very shocking, surprising, and, and, and ultimately a little bit sad about the conversation I had with Gary. So these are my notes, my memories. They're subject to being uh, incorrect. I could have misinterpreted what he said on our, our conversation, and if I did, someone can tell me, and I'll more than, be more than happy to self-correct on a future podcast. When I screw up, which is you know on this podcast, which is not that frequently, but when we do, when Julie and I say something that's not that accurate, we always go and we disclaim it. We always go and try to basically correct course. We want to make sure that we're giving all of you the best information we possibly can. So this is a different kind of podcast than we normally do. This is something that's going to be, I think, a little bit more high level than maybe some of you are being exposed to. But what our, my intent from doing this podcast today and tomorrow was to take some of these high-level concepts that you're hearing being tossed around at different real estate events, and I'm going to break them down to their, down to their essence, and I'm going to tell you as clearly as I can how they are or are not relevant to you. A lot of the stuff that's being pushed on Inman News features about being something that's going to you know, really rock the real estate world, some of it really will, but lots of it's just gas. It's just basically a story with, this, you know, with a sexy headline. But some of these things you really need to pay attention to. When somebody at the level of Gary Keller tells you what he's thinking about doing, and he's been everything I've told you so far, he's talked about publicly many times, 
But when you see somebody at that level that says this is the direction that we're going to go, chances are he's right, right? Because what you're going to see is a lot of these other companies are going to copy him. Brokerages are going to copy him. Tech companies are going to copy him because he's seen, he's seen as, like I said, one of the maybe three to five most influential people in real estate. And he has been for a long time. And he's, test, he's, he's shown his ability to survive and thrive in different real estate markets with different challenges in the whole nine yards. So what he says, if you're in the real estate industry, if you don't listen to, you're a fool. But you need to understand what his objective is might not be in alignment with yours. And that's perfectly fine, right? That's, there's nothing wrong with that. So we're going to talk more about this tomorrow. So if you need us for anything, it's Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. In the meantime, guys, um, give us some feedback. Do you want more podcasts like this? <laughs> Do you want more information like this? Because I have lots of things that Julie and I could be talking about that are outside of the realm of what we normally share on this podcast. Remember, if you're listening on iTunes, please give me a, uh, do me a favor and give us a five-star rating. Don't give us one of these little wimpy four-stars. Come on. You know you want to give us a five-star. Just give us a five-star rating. I'd certainly appreciate it. Have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank <laughs> you.